Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hi there. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the opportunity. <coughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, right a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, how are things? How are you feeling? Doing good, man. It's freezing cold outside, man. Frigid. Yes. It's different out there. Yeah. It's just like a tundra. And we missed up, went out and it's down in the city. You see the homeless people down there, man. It's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Those, these, these are rough times. And then Squeegee Boys are still out. They were still out, man. Yeah, yeah, man. The dollar never sleeps. You I get it. Me? <laughs> the money, the money never sleeps. I get it. Uh, if you have a couple dollars to spare, buy some gloves, some beanies, put them in your trunk. See a guy, lady on the street, no gloves, no hat, no socks, something. Hop out. Give give them something warm because you know you take it for granted. Anyway, Fran. Yeah. Uh, we left people on a bit of a cliffhanger. We did? told them, yeah, we we did an episode. We pre-recorded an episode before my trip to Jamaica. Oh yeah, back, better than ever. Yeah, island boy, fresh glow from the tan. Mm. You know, Take sunk a time. oh yeah, man. Yeah. I tried to get some of those uh, white people cornrows, but I didn't have enough hair to get. You ever seen vacation cornrows white people get mm. with the beads on the back? <laughs> the oh scalp yeah, scalp is just pink and oh, it's yeah. just hurting. I didn't have enough hair to pull that off, but. Had a fantastic time in Jamaica. Yeah, uh, you know, saw our buddy JJ get married. It was beautiful. He he spoke patois in his uh in his vows. Like Filipino JJ was like, "I feel love you today." <laughs> it was it was it was beautiful. It was it was it was mad touching because his 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 wife. My, I almost disrespected. His wife is Jamaican, mm-hmm. and her dad was in the front row. Yeah, giving off big Shatas vibes, like mm-hmm. some real Jamaican Dundada shit. Really, and he was like, "Yeah, dreadlocks." No, he doesn't have oh. but he's very Jamaican. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so uh, JJ was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. Or as they say in Jamaica, Wagwan, you come. <laughs> he did? <laughs> oh, I man. Was like, he's in. He's in. He's in like Flynn, bro. Like, I think I think JJ might be more uh, valid in Jamaica. I'm not, I'm not from Jamaica, but he's definitely more yeah. valid in Jamaica than I am. That's funny. He went out on the streets, broke the curfew. They had a curfew. He went out and fucking lived his life in Dude. the street, in the real streets of Jamaica. Really? 
He's like, you want to come? I was like, he didn't say it like that. Oh, but <laughs> so, yo, 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 fee one, yo, fee one. <laughs> he, had, he had the braids and everything. JJ was on a different level in Jamaica. Hey, yo, yo, fee, yeah, yo, yo, young boy, <laughs> yo, fee come to the yo, pussy. I was like, yo, uh, my, I, I can't break the rules, man. Right. I'm sorry, I'm staying on the resort. On oh, some real shit though, it was, it was, it was beautiful, up, man. And we've been friends for like a decade, so yeah. to see the growth, it was all, you know, we had like some touching moments, like some real adult like hey man you know to see your growth and progression is beautiful yeah. real shit like it was real he was a king that weekend i mean he's a king always but like it was he was royalty for that weekend him and his queen so it was it was, it was, it was a beautiful time friend i also wanted to talk to you okay. about inflation all right right everything the price of everything is going up yeah and to no surprise for the however many time netflix has announced that the it's going price, up again the price is going up again and i just want to say this time around, I'm gonna have to see, because Netflix to see? isn't Netflixing like it used to for you to hit me with a price gouge. What is it now? What is it going to? It was 15. I think they're going. They might go up 17, 18. Damn. They might be close to 20. That's like 10 dollars, like the last five years. Five years. Oh, though. they're going crazy. And my thing is, they're not putting out content that's dope enough. They got too many competitors now, man. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. But. Um, they're not HBO Max. No, nah. HBO Max has been hitting me with heat. I don't. I haven't been on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. No, Netflix is <laughs> like Netflix, Netflix is the is a role player at this point. Yeah. Netflix is full of a bunch of shit. It's all mediocre shit. It's all B movies, and it's like well, that was all right. Yeah. Even the show that you came in when I, when you came in and I was watching it, yeah. it's like it's all right. That's their new show. Whatever the thing with the black dude with the videotapes. I'm like, this is cool. Like, I, I like it, mm. but it's not Wandavision. Mm. You know, it's not. Uh, <laughs> the Mandalorian. Disney Plus has Star Wars. Yeah, Mandalorian's my shit. Uh huh. HBO Max Euphoria just came back out, and HBO Max has a bunch of other. HBO is HBO. So and then all the other ones like uh, Peacock, that's six dollars still. I'm sure it'll go up, but they're still reasonable. Yeah. So for Netflix to be Stranger Things hasn't come back out yet. They don't have anything that's juggernauting. Where I'm like, no, I. Where's I need you? You came and went. And yeah. you know I love you. Yeah. You know how I That's feel Victoria Petretti. Man, God. I hope I hope I hope it didn't end how it, I don't want to spoil, but I hope it hope she's I hope she's okay. Wait, it is another season though, right? Oh, there's definitely gonna be another okay, season. Better. Um but even you is like you is not it's great. I don't, I don't, let me let me calm down. Yeah. When you is out, I'm on Netflix. So you yeah. is one of those. But they don't have that many of those for a price gap. Yeah, man, Netflix was my shit when I was like binging uh, prison break when I was binging Dexter. Yeah, but you've done like, it. I've done that. And uh, what what was um what was the uh the sh- the the show with um the source the girl that was committing suicide? What was it? Thirteen Reasons Why. 13 you watched Reasons that show? Why I watched. Yeah. Oh, okay. I watched that show, and that was it. There's nothing else on there I really need to see. Yeah. I have been I have been going off on the I'm on this um stand up kick right now. Oh, they are. So that's the been, home of that. I have I have been watching. That. They're the home of that. I've been watching that. There's nobody. Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, yeah. Why? What do you do? Yeah, I was crying. Who the who the fuck do you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's he's hilarious. Funny. He's a funny guy. <laughs> That's a funny guy. But um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm have to think about it. Yeah, I'm have to look at the bank account when it hits. Well, go, you have like everything, so. Yeah, but I don't like them. Don't switch the game up on me like this so late. You know, in in the situation, especially, and also I, I listen. It's COVID. People struggling out here. Don't don't try to hit us for another three dollars. It's hard yeah. times out here, and you're not putting out heat enough 
to justify. Listen, they don't do many specials. That's the problem. Yeah, they got to pay all these comedians. Man. It's crazy. <laughs> that's don't put that on us. Listen, Euphoria. Euphoria just came out. If HBO Max was like, hey, I know you're paying. You're paying thirteen dollars or whatever. It's gonna be sixteen dollars. Then I got. I gotta go. Oh, damn. Well, I do want to watch Euphoria. So go ahead and hit. Go ahead and take the three. Netflix doesn't have anything. I haven't even started the fucking uh, what's the Witcher. I haven't started the next season of The Witcher. I don't really mm-hmm. care. That's their big thing right now. So they're not, they don't have anything to justify you hitting us our pockets for extra money. So I got to think about it, Netflix. Just respectfully. I got to let y'all know, man. I just got Discovery Plus. It's like, you just got that's, that yeah, $7. That's it. Bunch of shit on there. Documentaries and all types of stuff on there. Great. Sharks you, you and dolphins and what whales. Don't, what don't you have? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> If I, I don't, if I don't have it, I don't know what it what it is. If I know it, I have you it. You got it. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if I know it, I have it. Crazy. I got Luminary. I got all the fucking podcast. Yeah, I got our podcast apps that you pay extra for. <laughs> Why? I don't even listen to or watch any of the stuff. I just have it, man. I don't know. <laughs> you just, they just, you just. I have a, I have still, I still have Shutter. It's like a horror subscription. You still pay for it. Well, we had a free trial because they they did a sponsorship, and I, I got a login. But I don't think it was a lifetime one. I might, you know, I might be I might be dissing them, and I think I might still have a. <laughs> I might have been a lifetime. Right, login. they might hook you up. Yeah, no, I might have been a lifetime. <laughs> shout out to you know, shout out to Shutter, man. You know, they great great horror <laughs> original content on there. Shutter, if you're charging me, yeah, yeah, yeah if you're charging off. me, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but I think I think I still have the login. But my point is, I have all of the. If I know it exists, then I have it. Mm. So, but Netflix is, you know, this is the, this is the second time we've had this talk in like a year, yeah, I feel. Yeah. This is happening too frequently. And I think yeah. they're trying to take advantage of it because the people are still in the house. And now Omicron is kind of putting people back on the brink of, you know, going back in the house. And so they're like, okay, well, let's go ahead and gouge them out a little bit before they have to be here and watching TV again, yeah. which I hope doesn't happen. I doubt you Everybody to be though. safe, but you know, huh? I doubt you cancel it though. Yeah, I'm just venting. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm like, oh, man, some other show came out, a Korean drama. I'm like, oh, well, I'll st- I guess I'll stick around, I guess. <laughs> I just talk shit. But um, anyway, friend, um, to touch on a little thing you talk- talked about earlier when you were out in the streets and you saw some, yeah. you know, some homeless out in the street. I wanted to talk about a story that I'm not trying to scold anybody, but this happens a lot. And I just feel like I want to put out a bit of a PSA. So there's a guy named Johnny Walker from Houston, Texas. He was a homeless individual, unhoused. I don't know the proper term, but he was a guy you know, struggling. And there was a police chase that happened. Uh, this police deputy was chasing after somebody, got in an accident, and Johnny Walker, this homeless man, pulled the deputy out of the car. Mm-hmm. And now he's being praised and heralded as he should be. But what happens a lot in our society is a, a, a homeless person or a person struggling with addiction or any of these things, they have to prove their value to society before we open the gates to them mm-hmm. and, and make them feel like a human again. It happened with the, what's up, baby? Take me out to dinner. Yeah. Hey guys, he has an apartment now. Yeah. His life has really turned around from that video. Um, the guy with the golden voice, one of the most famous uh, examples, the the guy that looks like uh, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. And he's like, WJX5. But yeah. he's, you know, some home, he was just a homeless dude the day before. And then he does something and society goes, oh, wow, you're not just like a bum. You matter. And I don't, I think it's great. Johnny Walker, he's being like, you know, they're going to give him the key to the city. I don't know if they're actually going to. But, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Put them on the news and free m- food for life and all of these things. And we, we tokenize homeless people. We tokenize addicts when they do something that we deem to be worthy 
and something that touch, tugs at our heartstrings or t- something that goes like, see, this is, you know, th- they're not all annoying or whatever you think about homeless people. And I just think that the tokenization of people struggling like that is a, is a dangerous um, attitude to have because it can, it, le- it allows you to continue to dismiss the massive swaths of homeless people mm-hmm. waiting for them to do something that makes you pay attention to them when they're human beings, they're worthy of a time. Even if, even in like saying, Hey man, I'm sorry. I don't have any cash on me. Even that is a, is a dignified response as opposed to being like, Oh my God, covering the side of your face as they walk by your car. Like, Oh my God, pull, drive up, pull up some. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's treating them like pariahs, you know? And um, so I think it's great that Johnny Walker helped out that, that police deputy. But when you put him on a pedestal the way that you do, it um, reinforces that you got to let them let them prove that they're worthy of help and then help the ones that are worthy of help because mm. some of them aren't worthy of help. And I just don't I don't like that attitude. So shout out to Johnny Walker in Houston, Texas. But let's let's treat all people going through a hard time with with dignity and respect. That's that's my only point that I'm trying to make. I guess I guess only because people look at them that way is because like they're, you know, they look dirty got it's, dirty hard, it's, it's hard it's like, to look you, that reality how, in the face yeah it, but how you know. how is a homeless person supposed to look if they don't have a home absolutely that's no that's absolutely. crazy absolutely so it's like i get it it's just like if oh if you have a do something good like you said or if you have some type of hidden talent it's like oh we should help this we should help you yeah i like the hundreds of thousands of people that are homeless across the country uh i do get it though it's just it's i, I feel like around this time where it's freezing cold outside it's, it's, i it's can't tough. even imagine it's tough bro what they had to deal with, man. That's crazy. And I remember reading an article a few years back about it being cold like this, and then they sleep on heated grates, and yeah, then they get burned, they burned from the grates. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, damn. You know, it's like, you can't... The... the And I, I spoke about this when... Uh, when I, I, I took some... I took some, like, clothes and stuff to some homeless shelters, but I spoke about it on the podcast where I go, like, finding a middle ground of comfort mm-hmm. is such a... um, We take it for granted. Like if I'm sleeping in the middle of the night and maybe I, I I should have had two blankets on me, but I only put one blanket on me. The thought of me like when I get I'm, you know groggy and it's dark and I'm trying to keep my eyes closed and I just go grab the second blanket and throw it over me and then I go right back to sleep because yeah. now I've now I've I've upped my level of comfort. Yeah, you know, as opposed to being on the street and you're going to bed with some tattered blanket that has holes in it and that's the best you that's the best it's gonna get. Yeah, there's no thermostat. You go oh swoof. It's cold in here. Let me crank this up to right where I want it to be. Yeah. That perfect bowl of porridge, that we take that for granted in society a lot as people who can get that perfect bowl of porridge. Because for some people, it's not enough. And there is no way to find a middle ground. It's, it's, it's too cold or it's too hot. There's, not a, there's a lot of people out there that don't know warmth. Yeah. You know? They, and that's such a... It's taken for granted. I know what it's like to be perfectly warm. I know what it's like to be perfectly full. Yeah. That la- I, I, I tell you what, I ate too much. Yeah. My stomach hurts. Yeah. I ate so- we take that for granted, man. Yeah. You know, like to be to- take everything for granted. Oh yeah. man. Do you know how you know how disrespectful it is to eat until you are in pain? Just too just too much, too Yeah, full. you know, it's like and we take that for granted. There's some people that just this isn't enough, but it's all I'm going to get. Yeah. You know, and so we take that for granted and it, it it's never more apparent than when it's cold like this outside. So Yeah, man, they really just be out there it's like I'd be like, "Shit." No shoes on. No, the ground is night. Cold. Oh, man. When the temperatures is dry. Oh, my goodness. Wish water start to freeze up. Oh, That's man. Crazy, bro. And there's people out there every night. Every night. And 
hey, I get out of my car and I give one dude a beanie, I give one dude a pair of socks. I'm not solving the homeless crisis, right. but it's still it's, it's something. It's yeah. doing something, you know, and that's my only point is like, don't wait for the guy to sing a, a Backstreet Boys song or Boys to Men in front of a dumpster fire. You hear them harmonizing perfectly before you go like, hey, you know what? You guys deserve a McDonald's sandwich yeah. because you are doing something that makes me happy. It makes me smile. So I'm going to do something nice for you guys. It's like, listen, man, they, you know, they all deserve help. Yeah. And, you know, some of them are going to be ungrateful for your help. But you know something? They're going to go sleep in a tent tonight. So if they get a little snappy at you or they're going, they have some mental problems and their approach isn't the most gentle, just remember that you're going to go home tonight and fucking turn your thermostat to 76, right where you want it to be, put on a heated blanket, and go to sleep in a bed. Yeah, 76 is hot, jeez. Yeah, I know. I don't. <laughs> I, my real comfort is like basically cold. Like, even in the wintertime, I'm like, I like it like 71. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I like it like 71, and then I throw the blanket on. Yep. And that, that's sometimes I got to get up in the middle of the night and put the double blankets on. But this is all this is all privileged talk. Yeah, sorry. You know, we don't want to disrespect people that don't know what it's like to, you know, get the uh, extra Scooby-Doo blanket out of the, out of the, out of the cupboard <laughs> yeah. you know, and warm up. You know, so anyway, a lot of content coming to Patreon 2022. Yeah. I'm excited. We got, we got, we got, we got big plans for 2022. AMP radio starting to pick up. Somebody tried to call in live while I was recording, Fran. I couldn't figure out the buttons, but oh, next man, time really? I will. Next time I will Wait, figure you, it out. You, 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 you like said that out, out loud or what? Oh, yeah. I give, I, there's a number. I have a number. It's, uh, you know. Oh, you I, just full. I've heard it yet. Oh, yeah. Well, it's fine. I got a number. I call. You know, I, I tell them call yeah, in. Well, I, I don't me. have. You haven't given me access to Patreon, so I can't, I can't get into well, the well, hey, well, don't say it like that. Well, don't, don't I, say it like that. I don't have I don't have the info. Well, Every I, time I, well, I, when I get in, I'll be like, hey man, I need the I, you gotta send me the well, confirmation. Listen, listen, code. Babe, listen, I can't babe, get in, man. Listen, babe, listen, babe. I'm moving and grooving, babe. Okay. Everything I'm doing, you I'm gotta doing. Get it. me in, man. I know, that's my it's on me. But don't yeah, you man, don't, we don't it. have to tell them that. Oh, you know? sorry. Uh, you know, that's behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I'm hey, hey guys, I'm I'm not I'm not freezing out. I'm getting pushed out of the Patreon content, guys. I'm not freezing out of Patreon. I want this man P radio, man. Hey. I appreciate the support, man. I'll get you, I'll get you. I'll write down a sheet of paper, like a like Wi Fi pass. I'm gonna call in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for, <laughs> I appreciate the support. But no, but you know, yeah. we got we got cons- we got conspiracy. People are yeah. enjoying that. More yeah. of those coming. Um, I plan on a lot of shit, man. I got yeah. I got big plans for twenty twenty two. Crime cons coming up. Yeah, we'll man. get some content out of Crime Con. Yeah, know you're excited about Crime Con. What? Can't wait. Blast, man. I, I, I really, I'm excited about 2022. A lot of things to look forward to, and a lot of the things will be coming exclusively, if not just out of the gate, to Patreon. So thank you guys for the support. And let's go ahead and kick things off. All right, Patreon. We're going to go ahead and start at the most recent name I can think of. We're going to start with Judith P. Shout out to Judith P. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Hope you're enjoying the content over there. Words. We don't have enough words to even show our gratitude. Up next, we got Kayla B. One of the most unique ways I've ever seen Kayla spelled. It's K-A-E. Love. Never heard that before. So it's interesting. Uh, Sarah C Shout out to you Sarah C I see what you did there You joined the Patreon And you made a smart move Up next we got Tay L Tay L Never taking L's When you join the Patreon Up next we got Megan That's it That's all she needs Like J-Lo Up next we got Maggie Once again That's all it is It's like Zendaya Up next we got Colin W Now Friend There was a gentleman Named Colin Who inspired me In middle school To start my candy uh, hocking operation in high school. I learned. I learned from him very early on. He was a very uh, a, a, a forward-thinking business mind, yeah. selling candy to the youth. Yeah. And so I, I always respect the name Colin. I still see him to this day. 
Yeah. Does yeah. he still sell candy? Did he take that on to he's probably selling candy. different kind of candy? Probably, huh? yeah. <laughs> I, still, I still see him here. Selling there. Something. We, always, we selling. always talk for like a couple minutes. Yeah. It's, it's always a good time. He's probably selling something still. Yeah. Legally or legally? I don't know. Hey, I don't know. Hey, you know, he's probably like a businessman. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. You know, something. And that's internalized racism inside right. of me, friend. Let me check that. Because you know something? He might have took that and he might work. He might have started his own business. Probably. Let me go ahead and take that back. Shout out to Colin. I'm sure you don't sell nose candy. I'm sure you sell <laughs> energy drinks or something, whatever you invented. Because you can you can invent things, Colin. All the Collins out there, you're all one. Up next, we got Christina D. Shout out to you, Christina. Hold it down for us over there on the Patreon. You see anybody talking crazy, you handle it. That seems like a name that uh, gets business done. Up next, we got Jai Sierra. I think I'm... I'm oh I'm so I'm so confident I got that right. Jai Sierra W. Shout out to Jai Sierra W. Much appreciated. Thank you. Much love to you. I hope you I hope I said your name right. One. And two, I hope you're enjoying the content over there. Up next we got Sarah A. Shout out to you, Sarah A. Thank you very much again to you. And happy new year, 2022. Up next we got Krista. Shout out to Krista. Yeah, Krista. Hey, Fran. <laughs> Looking into my Krista ball. Guess what? Right. She's going to be on there for the rest of the year, at least, oh, to really? infinity and beyond. Okay. Saw it in there. Shake it up. Still, crystal balls coming in clear. Uh, up next, we got Ashley G. That's what she is, and that's also her last name. Much appreciation to you. Shout out to you. And lastly, we got Juliana G. I almost said the whole thing. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Juliana G. Much love and appreciation to everybody that's joined the Patreon in the, in the new year. Um, I think that they've been incentivized by the new content. Conspiracy is Good. it's really buzzing, man. People are enjoying it. Um, I'm excited to do more of them. I'm excited to drop the ones that we have in the tank. Um, shout out to Eric Cavell, the incredible artist that did the, the logo and it's all fine. of our other logos. He's, he's, he did the Affirmative Murder logo. Good friend, better artist. Um, yeah, man, Patreon, I'm excited. I really, I really, with me doing AMP radio, I want to get you set up. Um, maybe, maybe us having the a virtual house party in a couple of weeks yeah. will will get you some stuff over to your place. I want you, to, I want you to think of something that you want to do exclusively for Patreon. Okay, whether it's I remember you said something about interviewing Sophie or asking her questions <laughs> oh, yeah. or something like that. I, I know there was something yeah. like that, and I think yeah. I think that I think that people would like to hear even once a month, whether it's like Ask Fran or something. I don't know. We we should get you like your own thing going. Yeah. You know, we That'd gotta, be cool. yeah, we just provide people some content. I can hit Eric up or, you know, I can go into my, ca I got Canva skills. Okay. You know, I got Canva skills. I'd rather you know, have Eric, but okay. All right. Well, yeah, it'll be better, but you have to pay. <laughs> he's, he's my friend. He still charges me to do stuff. So I'll tell you like this. If you bring me an idea that's fire. Yeah. I'll get you a logo made. All right. But if you bring me some thing that's like, no, it's just cute. And uh, I don't <laughs> know how, how consistent I'll be with it. Then I'll probably make you a little. Low budget. A little disrespectful. Uh, uh, no, you know something. Cute and little. Let me know, let me check myself again because you know something that's internalized self-deprecation. Yeah, I'm man. putting on to you. Whatever idea you come up with, King. Hey, King. Yeah. Whatever idea you come up with, King, is going to be glorious. I don't like that. And I don't need to put little in front of anything. I don't like seeing people do that kind of stuff. You open up a business. Oh, you got yourself a little business? No, yeah. I got myself a, a whole ass adult business that I started. Yeah. Bitch. So that's you talking. To, I'm talking to myself okay. like that for you. Patronizing me. Huh? Patronizing? No, no, I'm patronizing myself because oh, okay. that was disrespectful to you. Yeah. Little and cute or whatever. Yeah. No, you're going to come with a fire idea. And if it's money to be put behind it, guess what? Papa's going to take care of that. Money's going to be fronted. I got you. <laughs> All right. Got you, baby. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, I, I still Jamaican energy. I'm coming. I don't know why I'm pointing my finger at you like a gun. Yeah. But I, I'm still fresh from Jamaica. And uh, my, my friend's wife, her husband, I mean, her dad, he put the energy in everybody. So you, King, 
You come up with the, I turned the guns. I turned the gun a different way. You, hey, hey, look, King. Yeah. Hey, King. You come up with the idea for the Patreon, and we're going to back it to produce it, it to the top level. Yeah. I promise you that. Okay. No little. It's not little. Yeah. Your ideas are big, and I appreciate you. All right, man. I get it. Put it away and holster the gun. <laughs> Please. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Once again, folks, before I jump into my story, I want to make another announcement. We are doing a virtual house party two Thursdays from now, January 27th, 6.30, to, I don't know, whenever. Yeah. 7.30 to question mark. You know what I mean, friend? <laughs> Put those uh, angry orchards up in you, get you right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and we'll be ready to party all night long, man. Yeah, man. But no, honestly, it's a Thursday, so we'll probably be done by like 9.30. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be super fun. We're going to do some Q&As, play some games. It's going to be fun time, hang out. Super fun. Keep an eye out exclusively for Patreon. Yep. So if you're not on the Patreon, join the Patreon. Join us for the fun. Virtual house party when we plan some fucking doing. Yeah, two weeks. Doing the butt. Don't, don't, don't. Cabbage patch, all that stuff. It's going to be fun. Two weeks, people. Two two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Um, So yeah, join us on there. It's going to be a super fun time. Now, Fran, my affirmative murder this week was actually fell into my email uh, as a like a blessing. Fell into the affirmative murder email. I was checking them out. Uh, This was a case that was submitted. The research was all done by a professional website that they, you know, these two people that I'm about to shout out, they have, and it's an awesome website and they, you know, cover cases and break cases and talk about cases that aren't, that are underreported. Um, their names are Megan and Anthony Smith. Uh, their website is called Mayhem in the Desert. And so mayheminthedesert.com. Um, like I said, they're spreading awareness on a lot of underreported cases. And I thank them for bringing awareness to their, uh, of this story to me. Mm-hmm. All of the research that I have was hand-delivered to me from them. I took their story and, and, and all the information that I got was from their reporting. So I want to okay. shout them out and, and go check out their website. Again, Megan and Anthony over at uh, Mayhem in the Desert. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for bringing this case to my attention. And here we go. So Yolanda Brown was an ambitious young woman, originally born in Louisiana, who spent most of her life in Las Vegas. I don't like to be the guy that's like, you know, my grandmother lives in Vegas over and over again, but she does. That's where she lives. So I know a little bit about Vegas and it's a very unique place career wise. Like basically it's a, it's a vampire lifestyle. Like day is night, night is day. Mm. So most people, you know, that are local and doing the career paths that are available in Vegas, start their work at like five, three, five, three o'clock, five o'clock and are, out, you know, working until three o'clock in the morning or so. Mm-hmm. And then they come home, go to sleep, sleep through the day. Yeah. You know, so that it's a nightlife type of sin city. That's the whole thing. 
And another interesting thing, like my, my grandmother's been trying to get me to live in Vegas for most of my life. And it's an interesting place, right? Like um, uh, when I went through my breakup and I was kind of un- uncertain about what my next move was going to be, mm-hmm. even though my job is very much here and I like my job, even if I want to dial it back to be more of a full-time podcaster, even mm-hmm. if I want I, I will never quit my job. But I was, I was kind of, I was thinking about it because you can move to Vegas. You can be a valet driver. You can be a bartender. Like jobs that are, that are good jobs yeah. are great jobs in Vegas. There. Yeah. Still, you can make, you can make six figures in Vegas being a valet driver or a bartender. At right. least $65,000, $70,000 a year, valet parking cars. Yeah. You, you get a job at the right casino, you know, and, you know, those high rollers come in and, they'll, and they have a, you know, an escort with them or a beautiful young lady and they just go, here's $100, park my Lamborghini close. Yeah. And if that happens 10 times a night, you walk home with $1,000, yeah. you know, just on any given night. It could be like that, let alone being a bartender constantly. Yeah. You know, so there's, it's an interesting life, but a lot of people end up falling into casino life, which is what Yolanda ended up doing for her job. Mm. Yolanda ended up working at, as a, a pit bookkeeper at the Las Vegas Hilton. In 1991, Yolanda gave birth to her first child, Jonathan Jr. She soon found herself involved in court actions that would last over the next few years, trying to enforce a child support obligation against Jonathan's father. So, just to paint the picture, Yolanda's doing great. You know, she's got herself a good job, stable. Mm-hmm. She's driving. She has her own car. She's twenty-four. She's like in her twenties, early twenties. But she had a kid with a guy that she ended up didn't end up dating, and she's going through that whole thing. So it's, that's the first hiccup in her situation. But mm-hmm. aside, besides that, she is a fully fun. She's doing her thing. She's on her girl boss shit. In July of 1996, Yolanda found herself in court once again, but this time for a custody hearing over her infant daughter, Asia, that she had with another man, Alexander Green. While working at the Hilton, she entered into a relationship with Alexander, and before long, Yolanda was pregnant. Alexander had allowed his mother in California to retain custody of their infant daughter, prompting Yolanda to retain an attorney to bring a custody case to Alexander. Alexander's attorney argued that the couple had agreed to grant the parental grandmother custody of Asia while Yolanda's counsel informed the court that no such agreement ever existed. And that's his mom. That's his mom. And it's a, it's a, it's a, he said, she said thing Mm -hmm. because they could have discussed it, but there's no paperwork. Right. That's the thing that's sticky about those, about uh, like, I don't even know, custody court, parental court, whatever. If you don't have it in writing, anybody could be lying. Yeah. They said, she said I could take her longer, and all, all the person could go. No, I didn't. Yeah, you don't have what proof do you have? A, a, a word? Did you record it? Nothing. This is the nineties. There's you know you know had some big ass camcorder. So he's saying we agreed that she could stay with my mom. Asia could stay with my mom in California. And Yolanda's saying I did not say that. Does bring he, bring my daughter back to Cal, to Las Vegas. What if somebody says that? Those are the point they line though. If somebody goes. I didn't say that. You don't have. You don't have. You don't have proof. Well, I didn't. I don't, I'm I don't, saying no. I'm just saying not. Yeah, not, sure. Yeah. But if, if somebody, if, yeah, if if somebody's first response instead of going, that's a lie, is like, do you have proof? Yeah. I probably would. I would find that to be suspicious. That's, yeah. that's not a response to. Right. But you said that yeah, I could do this. Do you? Did you film it? Yeah. It's like I, no, I I didn't. I didn't film it. Well, then hey, I didn't say it then. But that's not what I'm saying right, happened right. in this case here. So like I said, Yolanda's saying, I did not say you could, take my, you could give my daughter to your mother in California and I want her back. <clears throat> so Judge Gaston 
found that the parents of the child have a superior custody right over the grandparents and ordered the return of the child to Yolanda. So basically the judge said, I don't care what agreement you had, if, it, if, it's re- if that's real or not. Yolanda wants the kid back. She's the mom. And so your grandmother doesn't matter. Her rights are below the mom's rights. So if the mom wants the kid back, you got to bring the kid back. Yeah. The judge also ordered Alexander to pay $406 per month in child support and granted him visitation rights with Asia every other weekend once, he was, once she was returned to Nevada. Another hearing was held pertaining to the case in August of that year. The judge was unable to conceal his frustration when he learned that Asia had not been returned to her mother. The judge began grilling Alexander as to why he had not followed the court's orders. Alexander offered up a carefree response, telling the judge that I have no control over my mother, which been there. I get the, you know, I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. My mom is my mom. I, I'm not, I can't tell my mom what to do. Yeah. You can't tell it to a judge. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say, that, hey, judge, I know you gave me a lawful order, but mom's going to do what mom's going to do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, it's 1996. You know what I'm saying? That's fat. That's the most. <laughs> fat. That's not fat. My, my, mom is, my, mom is, my mom does what she does. Know what I mean? That's right. That's 90s, I don't right? know. I don't, I don't know. It's so. been a while since the 90s, huh? <laughs> I don't think but so. it's something to 90s slang. Yeah. Mom's going to do what mom's going to do. Zoom, 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 and the boom, boom, <laughs> and then yeah, and yeah. then his and then his Gumby cut his his hair is like sloped to the side, and he's got an eight ball jacket on <laughs> in court. So he said all that to the judge. Judge, I have no control over my mother. The judge was ready to enter another order. This <laughs> see the judge hit his ass. <laughs> what the fuck are you? The talking judge about? is about to punch him in his well, face. Well, listen, he's banging the guy. Stop running, Manning, in my court now. You stop running Manning in my court right now and you, you take this seriously. Yeah. So the judge was ready to put in another order for, you know, you know, of, of what happens next. And this time he informed Alexander that he had until the following Saturday to bring Asia back from California and turn over custody to Yolanda at, at a downtown police station. The judge informed Alexander that if he did not follow through with this, he would be incarcerated at the Clark County Detention Center until custody was given back to, to Yolanda. Yeah. So after he said that, the you know, this new piece of information kind of prompted Alexander to he adopted a new attitude after he said that. So after the judge was like, I'll send you to jail, then Alexander, you know, he his gumby cut, mm. it like fell off, it disintegrated into a, you know, a little fade, and he had a, a tie grew from his neck, and he's like, Well, actually, you know, your honor, actually, your honor, I have been planning on uh taking a, a pilgrimage to California to procure my daughter from my uh mother maternal uh a figure yeah and and bring her back to las vegas post haste that's what he informed the judge like, i was actually you know yeah, something since you say jail i was about to you know something that's funny i just was talking about going up there tomorrow yeah and getting her and bringing her back it's funny you say it's funny you say that so it's crazy she'll be back so you know his his, his whole tone changed and uh he also said <laughs> before 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 alexander even had a chance to you know change his tone fully the judge also said, okay, well, you know, well, when you go get her, if your mom gives you any trouble, please, t- please inform her that I will happily issue a bench warrant for her arrest if she does not give the, the child over to you. Yeah, and she will, she, will be, she will go to jail as well, your mother. That'll be fat. He didn't say that. <laughs> but, you know. So he told that, all that to Alexander. And then a status check a few days later after the hearing was, uh, was canceled upon the attorneys informing the judge that the that Asia had been returned to Yolanda 
as of August third, nineteen ninety six. Okay. So he got her back. He got her back before that following Saturday. Mm-hmm. The threat of jail will put some pep in your step. Absolutely. Oh, the threat of jail will put some pep in your step. Every time I watch Beyond Scared Straight highlights, sometimes there's kids in there that are. I'm like, oh, you'll be back. But the ones that jail puts the pep in their step, it works. <laughs> yeah. The ones that really, no, I don't want to, don't leave me here. Those kids, those, that's what makes it my favorite. But then some of the kids are like, no, I am from Hoover Street. I am, yeah. I am a I crib. will fight you. Yeah. You're grown ass. I will fight you. Those kids, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, they they'll be back. Yeah. This isn't going to work okay, at this all. Is, you're not going to scare yeah, them straight It's, it's too late. You should have got him at eight. Now he's 15. Yeah. He's too hard. He's too hard now. It's going to take a lot more than a weekend of people putting uh, Kool-Aid on their lips and making it like his lipstick. This kid needs a lot more <laughs> therapy than that. Yeah. But the kids that it works on, it, oh, it's, it's glorious television. So, yeah, the, the threat of jail still works. So two months later, in October of 1996, Yolanda went to work at the Las Vegas Hilton. She worked her shift without incident and left the Hilton property shortly after she got off work at 3 a.m. She never returned home at 3990 Lake Forest Lane. Yolanda's family contacted police to report her as missing at around 9.30 a.m. on October 9th, 1996. So six hours later, mm. which is, I'm not making judgments on, sometimes it's been, it's be a couple days and stuff, yeah. but she lives with her family. Oh, okay. So when she, they know she, she's, up, they know yeah. she gets off at three, it's now 9.30, she hasn't been home, we don't know of anybody that she's dating or anything. And she, the baby's home. And the baby's home. Yeah, yeah, Also fantastic point, Yes. So they immediately filed a missing person yeah. or called the, I don't know if you can file a missing persons report six hours, but they called the police. They got the police involved immediately. Yeah. Unfortunately, later that afternoon, a UPS driver was traveling along route 159 near the red rock conservation area. And as he approached mile marker 15, he spotted what appeared to be some, someone lying in the dirt, mm. not far from the road. The driver pulled his truck to the shoulder of route 159 to check on the person lying in the desert. Upon approaching the motionless figure, the driver realized that he had discovered the body of a young woman. He returned to Las Vegas and contacted the authorities. It was not long before police identified the body as Yolanda Brown. Mm. Homicide detectives uh, scouring the scene of the crime noted that the killer made no efforts to conceal Yolanda's body. So she was, there was no tarp over her. She wasn't buried. Yeah. She was just left out there. Investigators also located Yolanda's purse about a half a mile from where her body was discovered. The medical examiner determined that the cause of death had been strangulation. Mm. And I'll, it's my recommendation later, but there's a documentary on the hunt for the Chicago Strangler on Discovery Plus right now. Uh, Fran, you know, we, we interviewed Jordan Sherritt at CrimeCon last year. He's very heavily involved and, and believes that there are multiple serial killers currently active in Chicago, and that whole thing is, on, is ongoing. And one thing that is in that docuseries that is noted they're speaking for, about Chicago, but I think it goes across the board in, in general. Is in Chicago, a place with a very high murder rate, strangulations make up 1% of death, of murders in Chicago. Yeah. Some years it makes up a half a percent. Strangulation is a very uncommon way to kill somebody, mm-hmm. especially if it's a robbery or something of that nature. Right. Something where you're trying to get in and get out. It's very personal. Yeah. You know, but to just be strangled not be robbed it points to i just wanted to kill you yeah, and that personal. makes it incredibly yes it makes yeah. it incredibly personal right so uh, like i said according to las vegas police lieutenant larry spinoza she wasn't sexually assaulted and she wasn't robbed which ruled out a lot of scenarios as to how this young mother met such a tragic fate i mean it really only it it it, it boils it down to 
Basically. Whoever was, she knew that person. That's yeah. I mean, that's what you would think. Yeah. So another hearing was held in Yolanda's custody case against Alexander Green on December third, nineteen ninety six. Keep him, she, like I said, she was found she was found murdered in October, but the, the custody thing is still up in the air. Now one of the parents isn't here, so yeah. you know custody has to be decided. The hearing began on a somber note with the court acknowledging Yolanda's death. Present at the hearing was Yolanda's younger sister Cynthia Brown and a representative from the Family Mediation Center, La Diana Gamble. Miss Gamble relayed to the court that the homicide detective working Yolanda's case had informed her that Alexander Green was the primary suspect in the murder. This is at the custody hearing that this was being oh, made, shit, announced. Was he? He was dead. He was dead. Oh, okay. yeah. They weren't. They couldn't do anything. Yeah. But it was basically like a a piece of character information. Yeah. Like, hey, just so you guys, Your Honor, just so you know, Alexander Green, who you're thinking about giving custody to, baby Asia, is the primary suspect in the murder of her mother. Yeah. Take with that information, do with it what you will. So Judge Gaston informed Alexander that Asia would remain in the care of Yolanda's mother and sister until the police concluded their investigation. Good. Very good. This was the but this check this shit out. This is crazy. A hearing to determine the status of the investigation was set for the end of the month. A final hearing was held at the end of the month, like I said, on December 31st, 1996. The hearing grew tense as the judge reviewed a report prepared by the family mediation specialist. Alexander had previously informed Miss Gamble that the mediation was no longer necessary because he and Yolanda had reconciled. The mediation specialist's report also indicated that Detective Morgan of the Metro Homicide Division still viewed Alexander as the prime suspect in Yolanda's death. The court then recounted Alexander's prior arrest for various crimes, including aiming a firearm in public and obstructing a police officer. Now, these are not particularly violent crimes per se. I mean, aiming a gun in public is pretty violent, but it's not a domestic violence or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it all goes to character and all of that stuff. It's your criminal history, though. Yeah, but I just sometimes people's criminal history is brought up and it's used, it's weaponized against them in scenarios that it doesn't need to be. Like when somebody gets out of jail, they serve their time, and then you have to go tell McDonald's that, you know, but this fits. you got into a, 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 you assaulted somebody. Yeah, but this fits, though. But that's why I say, but not really, she wasn't shot. She, and and uh, what was his other crime? Uh, yeah, aiming a gun in public and obstruct, obstructing a police officer, which could be anything. Just talking back, just not following orders. You know what I mean? Listen, but but he, <clears throat> it sounded like he had some type of... He has a criminal history. A criminal he has history. A criminal but, history. Oh, he has some so these anger of aggressive outbursts, though. Sure, sure. Okay, that's fine. I still stand by my point, but I, I yeah. get, I guess, fine. I get it. I get it. So the judge ruled that it was in Asia's best interest to remain in in the care of her aunt. This is the part. This is where I said it was crazy a while back, but he de- he decided that it was in the best interest for Asia to remain in the care of her aunt, with Alexander still having visitation. So he's. Still the prime suspect, according to some detectives still working the case, he's the prime suspect in Yolanda's murder, but he still and his 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 uh, court his his uh his criminal history has been brought up in front of the court and all this kind of stuff. But the judge didn't revoke his rights. I also don't know how how easy that is for a judge to do. I feel like you have to have pretty like damning evidence to strip somebody of their rights for mm-hmm. visitation. So he got he got to keep his rights, and so this shit was crazy, right? So. He got to keep his visitation rights. The court warned Cynthia to be cautious when performing custody exchanges with Alexander and to have a third party present. So in that, in that statement, they acknowledged that they think that Alexander's dangerous 
and you should not deliver his the child to him alone. Mm-hmm. You should bring somebody there with you to keep you safe, but he can still have his child. Yeah. Which I think that's, like I said, that's crazy. Yeah. That's it's like, yes, we acknowledge that he might be dangerous. He might've killed this girl's, this child's mother. He shouldn't, re- shouldn't be around that baby at all. No. So they gave him limited visitation, but they still gave him visitation. And they told him that when you bring the child to him, have somebody there, have some eyes there and stuff for safety. To, to just drop her off or to, to drop her off, to drop her off. She be a third have somebody there, watching. not for the baby, have somebody there for you as the person that's dropping her off to make sure he doesn't attack you. But I mean, like, it should be somebody else there to Oh, to, yeah, it should watch. be it should be supervised yeah. visits yeah, with, exactly. like, a, somebody from CPS or something. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Damn, damn, I heard that. Oh. Mm. Ooh, it's nothing funny about it. Oh, it's nothing funny about it. That one. Mm. Oh, my pinky's numb. <laughs> oh, okay, no, we're good. No, we're good. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. So, mm. oh, it's getting more numb. Oh, it's like it's gone. It's like my pinky's gone. No arrests were ever made in Yolanda Brown's murder. But over a decade after the after her body was found in the desert near Red Rock, Alexander Green drove out to State Route 157 on a night in January 2009. Shortly before midnight, Alexander fired a single gun round from a handgun into his chest. His body was located by police and his death was ruled a suicide. Mm. So in his chest, he shot himself in his chest. Um, He was the prime suspect, but he was never arrested. So that might not mean anything. And his, his death could be completely unrelated to Yolanda Brown. I don't think that it was. I don't think it's unrelated. I think that 13 years of looking at the child that you had with this woman and her asking where her mom is and all of that stuff. I think it might've caught up to him and he, you know, couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, man. It's just with these, with those type of cases, it's like, um, it's hard because you go, you can go and speculate. Hey, it was him. But yeah, but you, ne- you never technically get you can't because you're innocent until proven guilty in court. Yes, so, you'll never get confirmation. Yeah, and he was not found guilty. Yeah, I want to reiterate that. Yeah, Alexander Green was not found guilty. He did not go to jail. Yeah. He did not go to prison for the murder of Yolanda Brown. Yolanda Brown's murder is still unsolved. But my money's on Alexander Green. Yeah. Now, how? Why? Why he? was never arrested, that's a good question. Maybe maybe it wasn't him. That's all it's always that speculation. There's always that what if. Because But it didn't go to court though. It didn't there wasn't it didn't, it didn't go to court, right? I, I don't know. They didn't they didn't they weren't able to find all the details in this case. Right. It, it's was not, just, it's not it was not it was at the hearing at, which had nothing to do with it. Yes, this it was, was a, brought oh, up. The information that, that I have is from a a a, a Custody hearing. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah, at the yeah, custody hearing, yeah. but I mean, like, I don't know if he ever went to stand trial for her. Murder. It was brought up, but it wasn't. It didn't have nothing to do with the custody hearing, so you can't really do anything. You can't just. Yes, it was oh, all brought up change. to like slander him, right? So he couldn't have his child, right? But None so, of it was in the court of law pertaining to Yolanda Brown's murder, right? So, so I don't have those transcripts, so I don't know if he beat the. I don't know if he was charged and beat a murder, or if they just never had enough information to charge him. So it was. This was a decade plus later. Oh, they just didn't have enough evidence. They just didn't have enough evidence. Yeah. He never was convicted for the murder of Yolanda Brown. Whether that's go that long and then that's I don't know about that one. That's crazy. Now it's fishy. Now, dude? Yeah, it's this. Okay. Little, I don't know. Not fishy. I'm saying that like I don't know, man. That may not have nothing to do with Yolanda. It, possibly. It could have just been his own life stuff. But at the same time, I go. Okay, well, baby girls, what 10, 13, about, yeah. yeah, something like that. But that's when kids get, you know, asking questions. Do I look like my mom? I don't want to speculate the questions that a kid asks about their dead parent. But like, I could see how that could get to you. 
if you did it. But it also could be completely unrelated. He might have been. We'll never know. That's the shitty part. Yolanda's gone. Alexander Green's gone. Basically, we're either this guy uh, committed the perfect murder, or because Yolanda Brown, or more likely, because Yolanda Brown was a black woman, she wasn't high priority case, and they knew she was murdered, and they just weren't able to connect the dots. Even though Alexander Green was the number one suspect, there wasn't enough evidence there to point the finger at him for a conviction. And so her case remains unsolved to this day. And she worked where? She worked at the Las Vegas Hilton. Hotel. Hotel. Hotel and casino. She was a pit book, uh, like a pit book. She kept the books for the pit at the casino. So it could have been, I'm going wild speculation, could have been some mob stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Vegas is a weird town. And you could get caught up. It's very easy. Man, I wish I could call my grandmother, but I don't think she'll tell those stories. But my point is, let me just let me just say this without implicating my grandmother in anything. It's very easy to be in Vegas and work one of those kind of jobs and get your palms greased or, you know, skim a little off the top here, play a little game here, that kind of stuff. I believe my grandmother told me she at very early on in her career as a pit a pit boss. She was a pit boss. Allegedly. 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 Allegedly somebody allegedly somebody told me allegedly that somebody that I know who's been on the podcast before did some stuff and she was banned from working in any pits in Las Vegas because mm-hmm. she was she had loose fingers she was playing some games and doing some little under the table type of stuff allegedly yeah but and I'm not saying that Yolanda Brown did that but like I said we're either saying Alexander Green committed the perfect crime the news is and the police didn't give a shit about this black woman being murdered in Las Vegas or it was a mob hit. And she was now the, the Hilton casino is not really known for being one of those kind of places. Cause it's a very commercial place, but we're talking about money. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars a, a night, a weekend, a month. So, you know, I never put that past Las Vegas that somebody, cross somebody or disrespected somebody and something weird happened. So that's all I'm saying. Rest in peace to Yolanda Brown. Prayers to her children or now they're all full grown adults now, but it's just a tragic situation all around. And once again, thank you to Megan and Anthony over at mayhem in the desert for putting in the work and doing all the heavy lifting and sending me your case that you guys very thoroughly researched. It's much appreciated. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that's my story. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, welcome back. My affirmative murder this week is the Hello Kitty murder case. Have you heard of this case before? No, I'm very familiar with Hello Kitty, but I don't know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the murder case. <clears throat> Here we go. So in May of 1999, a very distressed teenage girl paid a visit to Hong Kong police station. The girl had just turned 14 years old. She came alone with no guardian and reported to the police that she got, she got haunted or somebody has been following her. So this girl told the police about this one particular spirit that would come. And she described the spirit to be a young woman who looked to be in her twenties with blood smeared all over her. At this point, the police then realized why this teenage girl had come to them. This teenage girl confessed to the police that she had taken part in a long month torture 
and murder of a young woman in her 20s. And the spirit was the victim coming back to haunt her until she confessed. Do you think that's like shit like that is people would like really go through shit like I mean like Oh yeah, being haunted by the Being haunted by That's Macbeth, man. This is this tells all this time, man. Do you think but I mean like I don't think I think you have to be a pretty heartless person to be able to kill somebody and, just, like, and be cool with it. And that is why And that is why it is the the military spends millions of dollars trying to weed those people out. And they fail at it. These people come home with PTSD. It weighs on every person. You have to be a you have to be a, a truly sociopathic person to be just feel nothing about murder. What's well, like schizophrenic, right? Is that? No, it's not schizophrenic. It's not. No, that's a different thing, and that gets stigmatized very heavily. No, no. You have to basically so just not. You have to not. You have to be the, a sociopath. You have to not care about people. I'm talking about like no human emotion. You're hearing, faking human. Emotion. I'm talking about hearing voices and believing people. Sorry. I mean, that's schizophrenia. Yeah, right. That's what I'm talking about. But what do you mean? What do you mean? That's what I'm. That's what. It's, that's what I'm saying. Her like. Hearing voices and people's haunting her. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think I, I thought you were asking me. I thought you were saying, "Do you think it's possible that you could hurt somebody and then no, no, be, no, 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 the, I, be, no. be haunted by the the feelings?" No, I'm saying, well, yeah, that too. But I'm saying, like, is it just a person going through something, or it's like you think it's like a spirit? Like, no, I, I, I mean, I don't believe in that stuff. So I, but so what I'm saying is, I believe that do you, you believe could do spirits. I do or I don't. You don't? I don't. No, I don't. Why not? <sighs> Because I've never seen one, which is like the laziest answer, right? I've never hmm. seen one, but believe I don't like. The, I don't like, the, huh? Believe in God. I think. I think yeah, we, we don't need this, this conversation this. before. We don't need to do this. We've done this before, and it's uh, a good question. I, it's a hard question. It's I not know. a good question. It's a tough. It's, it's a, a very question. tough question. It's a very and tough. And it question. needs an answer. So do you? Or do you? No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna answer the question. I'm gonna answer the question that you All asked right. originally, and I will say that I think that. You think these way out, man. Yes, no, I will. I will take I the easy you. way out on this. Does, do I think God exists? That's just, yeah, I'll take the easy way out. To answer your question that you asked originally, yeah. there was some confusion from me. I think that grief and guilt can weigh so heavy guilt, on a person yeah. that it can physically manifest. Yeah. I really do believe. I think you can see that person in the, a crowd, hear that things, you know, and the paranoia on top of that, the, the paranoia of being caught. So guilt, paranoia. The combination of all those things, I think it can physically manifest itself. Yeah. So yes, I, I get guilt over like simple shit. Like I remember just being at work and like throw up, not throw, but like lightly toss a package that got like fragile on it, <laughs> and then I go, like, "Let me go check on this." Damn, I shake it. Yeah, I shake it. Yeah, I shouldn't have done. I it. Yeah. No, all the time. Or one time, I don't know. I was gonna tell you know, fuck it, man. I'm transparent. <laughs> one time, I was seven. Yeah. My uncle was nine. Uh. Uh, my old grandmother married a guy who had some daughters. My uncle convinced me to pee in a bottle of of lemonade, and then and then give it to like put it around as if they would crack it open and like oh yeah. this random bottle of gold lemonade yeah right. <laughs> it ne- it, it, they never did it, but I I felt so bad that I was like they weren't even looking at it. But I was like hey, there's pee in there. Like just so you know, just so you guys know that we that that there's pee in there, and. He he was so mad, like he thought the prank was gonna go great, mm. and we got, oh, we got beat so bad. Mm. Oh, it was it was epic. It was a legendary whooping ever. Yeah, I never peed in a bottle since. Deserve it, man. On a trips or anything. It's trauma. I'm like, you got to pull over to a rest stop. I'm not peeing in a bottle. I'm, trauma, I'm traumatized like that. 
Now the, the whooping was happening. Hey man, you can't be doing that. You can't be trying to give people gold. Oh, I don't know. Listen, we have watched the little rascals, and I thought that's just boy hijinks. Hey, that's just the bottle, and he's gonna, gonna think it's lemonade. Then they're gonna drink it. It's, it's gonna be gold. hilarious. It's gold. It's gold, gold lemonade. It's gold. It stinks. It's, it's pee. It's pee. <laughs> could have apple juice. Oh yeah. Oh, well, we, no, no, we put some apple juice in this Nest tea bottle. <laughs> Follow me at the. Yeah. <laughs> this apple juice stinks. <laughs> like oh no, it's yeah, it's uh, it's artisan. It's artisan apple juice. It's hand squ- <laughs> hand hand squeezed apples. <laughs> Local, it's locally made apple juice. Oh man, yeah. Um, so yeah, so this girl went to the police station. Said she was haunted by a person she uh, participated in uh, in murdering. Mm-hmm. The girl was thirteen when she took part in the murder. Young, young girl, mm-hmm. and she was she was not alone. She was part of a group that did this to this woman. However, she was the youngest and the only female. Mm-hmm. All of the others were men above twenty and were part of a Chinese mafia filled with rich and powerful men. So it was the men who did this to this woman, and she just occasionally joined in. The way she got dragged into this situation was because of an older man. An older man um, was her boyfriend. He was 34 years old. Mm. So the victim was a 23-year-old nightclub hostess, Fan Man Yi. Sources say she was a nightclub hostess, and others say that she was a sex worker. At a very young age... Fan Mun Yi was abandoned by her parents. So she grew up in an orphanage. When a child reaches the age of 16, he or she is to leave the orphanage because they believe one is supposed to be able to fend for oneself at that age. Okay. 16? Yeah. Just get out with nothing. Damn. With nothing. Nothing. Just make a a life. Here, you can't even get a job yet, I don't think. Right? 16? 15 15 and a half. It's 15. Was like chick, chick I've had I've had two jobs in my life, so I don't even I'm not the most uh work experienced person. I don't know either. <laughs> no, hold on. you have mad jobs. Let's not I did? Out. Yeah. You were working at that old folks home at like fifteen. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was so long ago. I man. was like, a job? Yeah. Your mom doesn't just give you money? I mean, yeah, but not like money I was making then. And yeah, that, true. No, no you, was, had, you, you had more money. Than, you had way more money than me. It was I was crazy. Just, I was but going, I was fine having half your money and doing nothing. Yeah, man. I hated <laughs> it. I didn't like it at all. Like I, I remember. I don't know if I told you. I remember like being there. I told you this before. I remember being there, and like when I first started, I was working these. And then the one day I had to work like a Saturday, mm-hmm. and I saw that sketch. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm here for eight hours." <laughs> <laughs> I called my dad. Like, I'm here for eight hours. You see, this what is this is illegal, right? This is crazy. Was, that's a job. Eight hours. I, I was fifty. Eight hours, bro. It I might almost, be illegal for I a fifteen year old to work bro. eight hours. I, I literally almost, almost sh- cried <laughs> tears, bro. I was like. I'm about to be stuck be here, here for, for eight hours. Eight hours. That's that's almost twenty four hours. Man, I never forget that feeling. <laughs> never forget. I was like, this is this, this is this outrageous. Is a crime. This is a crime. Crazy. Call the police on these people. Dude, I won't be stuck nowhere for eight hours working. <laughs> yeah, so, until you got that check for two hundred yeah, and sixteen dollars, and I was at lunch, splurging, <laughs> getting all the snacks, <laughs> get all the snacks. <laughs> Fan Man Yi found herself doing illegal sex work, taking drugs. And committing petty crimes to survive at sixteen. At sixteen years old. I mean, what do you? What do you, you gotta, expect? You gotta, you gotta get it however you can, I guess. So Fan Fan uh, Man Yi had a son, and sources say it was from her husband, while others say it was from one of her clients. Mm. In 1997, when Fan Man Yi was 21 years old, she began working in a brothel rather than on the street. She was still a sex worker, but now it was more regulated and safer. Due to Fan Man Yi's job, 
She came in contact with many dangerous characters, and most of her clients were members of the Chinese Mafia group. Mm. She knew how dangerous it was, but she still took the risk. One day, Cheng Manluk, one of her usual clients, who was also a member of the, of the Mafia, came and he always asked for Fan Man Yi because she was his favorite. Meanwhile, Fan Man Yi had already decided to try her luck and steal from this man after they finished. And Chang Man Lok's wallet had about 4,000 Hong Kong dollars, which were equivalent to about 400 British pounds. That's a nice little little chunk of change. Yeah, of course, he found out. And when he did, he demanded that she pay everything back with an interest Mm. of $10,000. So like another eight on top of the four. Hell of an interest. Mm. He also must... He also must have threatened her because she immediately paid back the four thousand, and then he asked for the remaining ten thousand. Mm. And so Fan Man Yi said that she was going to pay the ten thousand dollars, but it would take her a bit longer to um, to gather the money. Mm. So Chain Man Luck was not happy. Again, this dude was in the, in, mob. In the mob. In the mob. Who do you? What race do you think has the scariest gangs? Race. Um, because the Chinese like the the triad and stuff with with the with the with the when they're butt naked and they got the body tattoos all up on their ass and yeah. back and everything does does this the this this does the um the yakuza cartel scary. count oh yeah the cart the cartel definitely then counts them, yeah yeah the cartel them. is pretty fucking scary because yeah. they, they all just look like regular yeah and they all just look like regular people they're all just wearing like wrangler jeans yeah. and tank tops and they'll just put you in a drum yeah, they just they would just embarrass you yeah cut your dick off put it in your mouth <laughs> Put it, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, your it, head tucked off with your mouth open. It's like, yeah, yeah. whoa. That's fair. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. That's absolutely. Fair. By far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cartel. Maybe because I don't know. I know more about the cartel than any of the other ones. But mm. did you see the video? Start to get off track. There was a video I saw where it's like these guys went on like a, the wrong path. Oh, and they they thought they were going to get murdered? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. They Terrified. It was, they it was over. The dude was like, go. He was like, yeah, yeah. just. It was two gay dudes. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. Just they the were fear. begging for their life. Just the and they fear. were like, oh, you guys aren't guys. who we thought. Yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah. But go now. Crazy. And the guy was just like, hey, just calm. Yeah. Calm down. I was but like, I could tell oh I could tell that if they if they were two guys that they wanted to kill, those were the guys. Those are the guys that you don't want to pull your car over. Like, they were the guys. Who? Oh, the, the car, guys the outside of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the guys. Absolutely. Yeah, but they just were like, we're not going to kill these two gay American dudes. Yeah. Like, this will be a whole, like, this will be an incident. Yeah, but if you guys were enemies of ours, oh yeah, we would have put your head on top of the car and oh all my that. Goodness. They were the guy. It was not like a. It wasn't like the the guys in the car were being racist. No, no they no. were right. They know. They, they know. They, they were the guys. They knew they went down the wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. road or whatever yeah. they was going. That was crazy. No, yeah. no, you're right. Cartel terrified. As of as of the they last decade, e- they knew immediately. I mean, because they yeah. pop out. Yeah, with AK forty seven. Oh yeah, yeah. And you were like, what is it's, going on here? It's a rapper ruski. Yeah, as of as of the last decade, I'd say yeah, cartel. Scare, terrifying. They was terrified, man. Yeah, they was yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, this is it." Number one terrifying gang association, what crew, whatever yeah. cartel. Yeah. Uh, and so Fan Man Yi said that she was going to pay back the ten thousand, but it would take her a little longer. So Chang Man Luck was not happy, and he believed if he gave her more time, she might try to escape. So with the help of two of his friends, twenty-seven-year-old Leong Xing Cho and twenty-one-year-old Ling Walun, they searched for Fan Man Yi. And it was in, in March 1999 that the men found Fan Man Yi on the road. She had gone back to street business because she was too scared to go back to the brothel. Mm. Yeah. 
and she has to make money. She it's like, make, I owe you money. I have to, to do money. what I know to pay you back, and I can't do it at my safe place. Right. She has to make money. And um, so these men grabbed Fan Man Yi and drove her to the property belonging to the mafia group. Mm. They put her in an old, rundown, unfurnished, dark apartment. Chang Man Luck planned that he would make Fan Man Yi pay off her debt by giving service to people. Oh. He said a brothel was just Fan Man Yi so she could earn money to pay her debt. Oh. Now you're doing this. This is just entertainment yeah. at this point. You're that's, not. That's, that's this has nothing to do with her paying you back. Yeah. You know, bring all your friends over and all. Right. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, that's fucked. So the first night that she stayed in the apartment, the three men just decided to beat and rape Fan Man Yi. Mm. All the information was being told by the teenage girl. Again, you remember this girl? She told yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole story. She's telling the story? Yeah. Got it. So the beatings and rape began. Um, then became a routine. And every day, Fan Man Yi would be beaten and raped by these three men. Eventually, they became more creative and began to use weapons on Fan Man Yi. Mm. This story reminds me of another story that I did a while ago. Uh, what was what was her name again? Uh, Junko Furuta. And that story was that was awful. And those, but that was like a bunch of school kids just school doing kids school, that their parents were home and shit. Parents were home and then basically did no torture. time. Yeah, they did yeah. no time when yeah. he, when they did that to that girl, and it was. Torture that it was Burning it was called like what, I think it was called forty four days of hell yeah it was something like called. that yeah and this story reminds me of that but the other fucked up part is now she's in this situation they're not counting money they're not like doing a tally of every time they sexually assault this woman that's be, what I'm saying there's this, there's no this there's no debt at that being, point. yeah there's no right. debt being paid back for what you're doing exactly uh, so eventually they became more creative and began to use weapons on Fan Man Yi and they would use metal bars and kitchen utensils. Um, pieces of furniture to beat her up. The teenage girl also said that they would force Fan Man Yi to smile and tell them how she got excited from her beatings uh, and that Fan Man Yi would not do that. They would beat her even harder. Jesus Christ, man. After a while, Fan Man Yi was so brutally beaten up that she could no longer provide these services she was using to pay off her debt. Her clients would refuse to pay to have sex with her because she was so disfigured. So Chang Man Luck plan was now falling apart but he did not care because now he was using her as his punching bag uh. and when they were not doing anything to fam and Yi, they would all hang out in a separate room playing video games as if they were not a dying woman in the next room so they was just like we was just talking about guilt and shit like that they was yeah, just so like, they didn't have any of that absolutely not yeah yeah the, that speaks a lot to the how undervalued women are around the world, but especially in China. First of all, having a daughter is frowned upon in China. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, like to the point that like a lot of times they'll abort daughters over sons. Like they prefer sons. And you know we th that's the same thing like here. We see we see the videos and so, well, it's just like a man is uh, a a, bu a businessman oh, and goes and provides and whatever. And we have the same kind of gr gross stigmas here. We see the videos on going viral all the time of like a dude getting mad because. The dust was pink out of the balloon, which you're a cornball if that's what you do. But in China, it's a lot more severe. Like they will kill, they will abort girl feet, girl babies because they don't want them because you're only allowed to have one child. I think it's like a one child household. Hmm. And if you can only have one because they're overpopulated. And if you can only have one child, you want it to be a boy. So a lot of girls get aborted in China. Damn. So, but that just gets like, yeah, of course, yeah, she's just some girl, some woman. I don't, we don't give a shit. Let's go in this other room and play games. That's fucked up, man. Very fucked up. So, as more days flew by, the men became more and more creative 
with the ways they would beat Fat Man Yee. They began to melt and burn plastic on her body, mm. drip candle wax on her, and when they ran out of things to burn, they just burned her directly. Oh. They burned her feet so she could not stand, walk, or do anything at all. They would uh, wound her, and the men would take food and spices, dirt, and urine, and they would stuff it, stuff it into her wounds. The men also forced her to consume her urine and feces, um, and they would even starve her. At a point, Famine Yi could not even move, and the boys said that she was so she was not funny anymore because she did not reach, she did not react much to the beatings. I mean, she she oh, she's, was, she's on the verge, of, she, she's on the verge of death. You know, <clears throat> that's, that's awful. Man. Everything about that was terrible. One of the men decided to tie Famine Yi and leave her suspended in the air, so she would be easier to beat. So they tied her, they tied her wrist up with electrical cords. Mm. And tied up the other end to the ceiling fan, and they would leave her there for hours, sometimes overnight. Mm. Then on the 15th of April, the three men and his girlfriend, the 13-year-old girl that decided to go, decided to go out. Yeah. Usually, they would lock Famine Yi in the bathroom to make it harder for her to escape. They stayed out for hours, and when they came back, that was when Chang Man Lok's, Lok's 13-year-old girlfriend went to use the bathroom and found Famine Yi dead in the bathtub. Her body was oozing, and they did not want to keep a dead body in the apartment. They also did not want her body to be recognized when found. So they cut her body into pieces, uh. and to remove the flesh from the bones, they put them into a pot and boiled it until it was easier to remove. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <clears throat> Sources say wow. that they even used the same pot to cook food. Mm. <clears throat> Damn. Brutal. That's fucking brutal, man. Yeah, man. This case was called the Hello Kitty case because when the men finished boiling off boiling off muscles from her skull, they stuffed her skull into a, a head of a Hello Kitty mermaid doll and sewed it back up. The only thing the police found was her skull in the doll, her teeth on the floor, and the rest of her is in the fridge. Mm. The three men had also tied their part of the story saying that they were just running a brothel with Famine Yi, and it was all consensual. But Famine Yi was addicted to drugs, and on that particular day, she accidentally overdosed. And they said that they knew if one of their sex workers died, that they would not, they would be in trouble. So they decided to hide her body through that means. So, they, so it's better. It's better to get a dismemberment charge than a murder charge. Yeah, essentially. But, and, but they also tried to say that she overdosed. Yeah, well, she died on her own. She died. She took those drugs and she died on her own. Yeah. After much thought, all three men got charged with manslaughter. They were all given life sentences and were all visited by um, a psychiatrist, but they were diagnosed with no mental illness. They were just sociopaths who had no emotion. Although the teenage girl was part of this crime, she was let free because she had brought so much evidence mm -hmm. um, for the investigation. Yeah. So it sounded like she just, I wouldn't say. She was there. She was, And she, she was just, doing what an adult, I mean, she's 13. Yeah, also she found the girl in the bathroom. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if they like made her throw yeah. shit at her or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, true, true. But she's 13 and being sexually assaulted by a full grown man. Yeah. So she's not culpable with any of the, any of the stuff that right. he's making her do. Yep. Due to the accounts that this teenage girl gave about Famine Yi's coming to coming to haunt her, people believed that her spirit was easy to communicate. So the apartment building where Famine Yi got killed became a meeting place for people who believed they could contact her spirit. Mm. At first, it was it was innocent, but it became toxic when people began to do questionable things there. 
sick or else people doing yeah. weird shit. So in 2012, it was demolished. And in 2016, on the same plot of land where the building once was, um, a new hotel or a hotel is built now on that same, on that same land. Irrelevant hotel, right? Like it's not like, it's not like a go, a ghost themed. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just a regular hotel. Uh, so that was the Hello Kitty, the Hello Kitty murder case. That was, Uh, um, yeah, man. Trigger warning or something. Definitely. That's, that's not as gruesome as the Junko Furuta case, which I'm bringing up because it was, it's pretty fucking. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, it is a lot of similarities in it as mm-hmm. far as you know, the abuse, the wax. There was wax and cuts the and verity of it. Yeah, you know, it's just the graphic nature of it. It was all. Yeah, it's just it's all terrible. The grudge is based off of that sentiment that oh, the thirteen-year-old girl saw a ghost from something that she was involved in or whatever. Like that's the whole premise of those movies, those grudge movies. You remember mm-hmm. those movies? It's like yeah. something so tragic happened here that the energy it doesn't it won't leave and it and it's like angry. It's a bunch of anger and hate and all this stuff and it's it's manifested into like a ghost of some kind so i don't know i that's why i said when you say spirits and when you get into spirituality it's easier for me to go like i don't really believe in that kind of stuff but i won't go to a place where i know horrible things happen like i don't really have a desire to go to auschwitz and like walk around and feel the weight of all of that death and you know what i mean like i yeah, feel like it's it's, it's like um it's tangible in the air. like it can like i feel like it can stick to you yeah you know so i don't know spirit i, I don't know that's a weird word but i don't want to go anywhere where there was a lot of pain and anguish and fear i feel like that stuff stays in the walls you're just walking through it that's how yeah. i feel when i when i ride past uh um, cemeteries no 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 oh. um what's that place in, in pennsylvania um, oh, Gettysburg? Yeah. Yeah. I feel when I go past there. That's a life. I mean, that was a war. Yeah. You know, not a, you know, not a particularly like torturous place. I mean, that was like a, a battlefield. Yeah. So let alone you go to like a mental health, an old mental health facility or. I do want to go in, but. Oh, I don't at all. Give me both. Or like an old prison. Yeah. You know, like an old abandoned prison or something like that. No, I just told you why I would never want to do those things, man. Just go check it out. God bless me. Go do your thing. We do it together. Oh. And pee on the road. I can't pee in a bottle. <laughs> if if you what? find something other than a bottle. What are you talking about? I thought you said pee on the road. I said A and P on the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Fucking oh, yeah, my man. bad. Yeah, hey, man. Uh, let's go ahead and get Jesus into the good vibes. <laughs> let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and get to the good vibes. Welcome back. It's my time to go first on this good vibe segment. But yes. I'm switching it up, man. I'm not doing a good vibe this week. Whoa. I'm not doing a good vibe. This Plot week. twist. I'll let, you, I'll let you do that. I'll let you handle the good vibe this week. Okay. What I'm going to do is okay. I found this short story that I wanted to read. It's very okay. short. Okay. Um, and I kind of wanted to hear what you think. It's, it's, I think it's going to be a good story. Okay. Um, I came across it looking for my story from Affirmative Murder. and I was like, oh. This is a this is too short mm-hmm. for me to do as a story. So I was like, I was really doing good vibes. Sure. Here we go. And just let me know if you if you heard of it if I before I get to if I get to the end. Okay. In the middle, you like, oh I heard, I heard this before. Just let me know. Okay. So on March 23rd, 1994, a medical examiner viewed the body of Ronald Opus. 
and concluded that he died from a gunshot wound to the head caused by a shotgun. Oh, wow, Jesus. Investigation to that point had revealed that the descendant had jumped from the top of a 10-story building with the intent to commit suicide. You with me? The same guy? Yeah. So he was he was shot and he jumped from a roof? The investi- well, they're saying that um, he died from a gunshot, but the investigation said that, no, he, he jumped from a 10-story building. So the initial thought was he was shot, he and was then shot. investigation determined he... Jump, jump from, from a building. Yes. Okay. Okay. He left a note indicating his the reason why, you know, he jumped from the building. Uh-huh. As he passed the ninth floor on the way down, his life was interrupted by a shotgun blast through a window, killing him instantly. You with me? I think so. <laughs> Sounds like a, a DC movie or something. Batman. Neither the shooter nor the descendant was aware that a safety net had been er- had been erected at the eighth floor, at the eighth floor level to protect some window washers, mm. and that the descendant will most likely not even not even been able to complete his intent to commit suicide because of this. Mm. Right? Okay. Ordinarily, a person who sets out to commit suicide and ultimately succeeds, even if the mechanism might not be what they intended. It is defined as having committed suicide. Okay. That he was shot on the way to certain death nine stories below probably would not change his mode of death from the suicide to homicide. Yeah, like he wouldn't have survived exactly if he wasn't shot. But the fact that his suicide intent not even being achieved under any circumstances caused a med- medical examiner to feel that he had homicide on his hands that he had a homicide on his hands interesting further investigation led to the discovery that the room on the ninth floor hence the shotgun blast emanated was occupied by an elderly man and his wife he was threatening her with a shotgun because of an interspousal spat and became so upset that he could not hold the shotgun straight Uh uh-huh therefore when he pulled the trigger he completely missed his wife, and the pellets went through the window, striking the descendant. Wow. When one intends to kill subject A, but kills B, subject B, in an attempt, one is guilty of murder of subject B. The old man was confronted with this conclusion, but both he and his wife were adamant in stating that neither knew that the shotgun was loaded. Oh, come on, lady. <laughs> come on. It was the it was it was a long time habit of the old man. Well, like what are you what are you gonna say after your husband shoots a gun at you? Whatever the hell he told you to say, you know what I mean? Like, true. I mean, true. Come on, like uh, God. So it was a long time habit that the old man threatened his wife with an unloaded shotgun. Oh, he does it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but he had no intent to murder her. Therefore, the killing of the descendant appeared to be appeared then to be an accident that is the gun had been accidentally loaded right Mm -hmm. but further investigation turned up a witness that their son was seen loaded loading the shotgun approximately six weeks prior to the fatal incident Mm -hmm. that investigation showed that the mother which is the old lady Mm -hmm. had cut off her son's financial support and her son 
knowingly, oh. don't say nothing, just, just ride with me. Knowingly, the propensity of his father to mm-hmm. use the shotgun threateningly loaded the gun with the expectation that the father would shoot his mother. The case now becomes one of murder on the part of his son for the death of Ronald Opus. Right? Don't say anything. Just ride with me. Ronald Opus. Now comes the exquisite twist. Further investigation revealed that the son, Ronald Opus, himself, had became increasingly despondent over the failure of his attempt to get his mother murdered. This led to him jumping off the 10-story building on March 23rd. Only to be killed by a shotgun blast through a nine-story window. Is this real? <laughs> this is this, no, I, was, yeah, I was like, no, I was like, no way. That's where you lost me. Okay, because I was with you. I was like, this is interesting. No, okay, no, you lost me. Okay, that's where I was like, no, this is bullshit. This is like a story. Okay, because that was this is like a that's like almost like a riddle. It's like a riddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, that was a really good story though. Okay, you had me. I was like, damn, this is interesting in the court of law. Like, who's responsible and all this type of yeah. thing? Like, and it was him who jumped off the building yeah. in the first place. Yeah, it was no, crazy. It was bullshit. But you had me. Oh, that was good. That's a good story. No, that's a good story. I was I wanted to jump in so many times. You're like, oh yeah. yeah. So he put because that's that's some hitman shit to be. Yeah, like, man. Oh, he always threatens the mom with yeah, the gun. Yeah, man. This time the gun will be loaded. Crazy. Alex Malik Baldwin shit. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no. Um yeah, I never heard that story before. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know how they came across. I read that. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> no fucking way, man. I don't I, uh, <laughs> I guess it's good vibes that we're laughing about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. It's fake. Uh, yeah, so, it's, a fake, it's, fake. Hey, it's fake. It's fake story. Yeah. Fake story. Uh, my good vibes story is a lot more nonsensical than that <laughs> elaborate thing you just told. It's about a farmer whose donkey now acts like a dog after spending months living at home with his family pups. All right. Uh, here's an adorable picture of them laying on the couch, too, right? It's like Shrek. That's a donkey. That's a donkey. Mm. It's a whole ass. Yeah. Eddie Murphy? Huh? No. I'm kidding. It's not. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, so, uh, seen him in a while. Uh, so a donkey ditched by his mom now thinks that it's a dog after it was raised amongst pooches. Wow. John Natal and his partner, Grazina Pervinus, uh, live, live on England's east coast. And when they saw the mother of a miniature mule rejecting her own foal, this is what they call baby, baby jackasses. Uh, they decided to hand rear him in their homes. Three-month-old Kai had a tough start uh, to life without his mother and after his mother turned on him. But Gazina, a dog trainer, suggested a hands-on approach. The pair fitted their foal with a doggy diaper and shared, ca- shared carrying duties over the next critical six weeks. She said, I went to the pet shop and bought the big dog nappies because... You don't want donkey baby poo all over your house. No, you don't, John, who's 64 years old. What a, what a task to take on a 64 years old. I would plan on being retiring and doing nothing. Nothing like this anyway, to raising a donkey. In the first days, 40-year-old, okay, he's got him a little young thing. He's 64, 40, okay. I'm not, I'm not minding their business. 40-year-old Grazina, Grazina fed Kai with milk from his estranged mother's uh, with his, from his estranged mother through a tube to ensure the youngster got the right nutrients. So I guess the mom was still around the property. Um, she kept him on that for two or three weeks. She was feeding him every hour at a time. She was like a zombie. And yeah, he's got a big diaper on. Wow, this is white people shit, man. This is interesting. White people do some interesting shit. Uh, soon, Kai became... Like a, a, bird, became a people diaper? 
No, that's a that's a dog diaper apparently, but it's a for a big diaper? ass dog like a uh, Beethoven or something. Uh, <laughs> those good movies. Maybe remember those movies? Yeah, I remember yeah, that movie. Beethoven. That's a good movie. Beethoven the Fifth. I think they got up to. They made a bunch of really? those movies. Yeah, dog probably died. Anyway, soon Kai began playing with their with with their dogs and began exhibiting hound like behavior. Kai now comes running with the dogs whenever John whistles. Big ass fucking mule, mule running into the room. Uh, he even started playing with a ball and everything. And now I can go for a walk down the road and he'll follow me like a dog. This is, this shit is crazy. Okay. Big ass donkey. Uh, <laughs> or he would come back in the house every evening because he also needed human contact. It was like, he's a dog now. If I get in my van to go out, he'll go out and chase after the van. He's certainly a character. There's a, here's a picture of a big ass fucking German shepherd or something hugging on this damn mule it looks fake (laughs) it looks fake but it's real man it's interesting bro they got a whole barn animal on the couch wearing wearing a diaper yeah i'm not waiting it's crazy the world uh so little kai moved back into the paddock with the other donkeys three weeks ago it's probably miserable he's like man this is what y'all don't watch tv in here (laughs) this is boring right uh he's grown up she said he's got all his teeth and he's eating well he's gonna live and that's the main thing my main concern was to keep him alive. Well, you've spoiled him, lady, and I think that that's great, but there's no way he's enjoying being a donkey now. Now he's experienced the life of being yeah. a dog? I'll be out in a bar now? Yeah, like eating hay. It's not fun. He used to eat kibbles hay. and bits. Anyway, uh, Fran, uh, yes. before, my little PSA I wanted to give to people out, <clears throat> out there before we go. So this episode's coming out on Martin Luther King Day. I want to say to people, before you, po- especially to our audience, because our audience is very much... Um, white people with, uh, with I think, good intentions, right? Before you post that picture of Martin Luther King with your caption of a Martin Luther King quote and all that stuff, I want you to ask yourself, what are you doing in, real, in the real world? Are you advocating for voters' rights legislation locally? Are you making a difference in your community? Are you doing the things that Martin Luther King preached about? Or are you just posting a picture? Because performative activism is just so passe. I'm just sick of it. I'm just over it. I'm over the black square mentality and post this picture on this day and we are in solidarity and whatever. What are you doing? And in all honesty, I'm not the person to speak monolithically for black people. But if you're not doing anything, I don't care. But then just don't post the picture. Because what does it mean? What do empty gestures mean in 2022? They don't mean anything, right? So I'm not going to stop you all from posting your pictures of Martin Luther King. Please go forth, post them, get your likes, get your gratification, feel good about yourself. Please do. But really ask yourself before you press send on that picture, what are you actually doing? What, is, what, what, what are you doing that Martin Luther King would be proud about? Because people have like, it really makes me sick, man. Like people have weaponized Martin Luther King. People that would have hated Martin Luther King, they made him into this Jesus-like figure that's like, hey, guys, stop being so worried about racism. Martin Luther King wouldn't want you guys out here marching on the streets. It's like, that's exactly what he did. What are you talking? What what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what what do you mean? And he's become this figure of like, hey, guys, let's just all put our differences aside. Am I racist? Yes. But Martin Luther King would want us to get along. So just uh, I'm allowed to be racist if I can stand to be around you people for 10 minutes and that's what martin luther king's dream was really all about you know so i just want people to really think like what are you what are you doing 
And again, if you're not doing anything, I don't give a shit. But don't post the picture. Like, it's performative. It's bullshit. It's not real. Go out and really try to make a difference in the world. I'm not saying that earns you the privilege to post the picture. Post the picture, whatever. But like, put some action behind your picture too. Put some action behind your post. That's all I ask for. One last thing also. Another thing. It's just because it's just so boring and I'm tired of it and I hate to be on a soapbox. But uh, black people are not a sounding board for your anger towards white people as white people. We have a lot of our own shit going on. I don't need you coming up to me and being like, fucking white people, am I right? Like, mm-hmm. listen, take that up. That's a you thing. I don't, I don't, I, that's not, I'm not walking around doing that with my life. So I don't need you to come up to me like that's the thing we're going to have. That's not an olive branch to black people. Just to let people know, we don't care if you hate white people. If you're mad at, the, at whitey and you're white. Yeah. That's your own shit. That's not a, like a... Hey man, solidarity, right? I hate them too. Like, no, bro, I got my own shit going on. I don't. I'm not concerned about that. That's not. We're not. We're not homies now because you said I hate white people. So these are all just things just to, just to think about. I don't need you to demonize white people to be cool with me. The same way there was a whole fucking bunch of uh, uh, black dude podcasters caught hell over the last week. I'm. You're not on the internet, so you don't know. We're not in the space, obviously, but it's, it's like. It was any black dude podcasters were like, they, it, you, they, they were on the chopping block to see where you stand. But there was these two cornballs out of Miami. They're like dudes that like, they're those dudes that like, they date white women, but they're like, and we would oh, never. Yeah, I, saw I saw that. It was yeah. crazy. Disrespected this black woman, had her on the yeah, platform or whatever, that. said the most crazy flagrant shit to her ever. And it makes me sick that I, there are people that think that whatever, dating outside of your race in whatever way, but it happens specifically with black men that they think they need to like denigrate black women yeah. to get acceptance to like, see, will you date me now? White woman, Asian woman, Hispanic woman, whatever. Fuck that black lady. She's ghetto. Da, da, da. Like I have to like trash her to the ground. You don't got to bring them into your shit to like say why you date this race of people. I feel that way when. And that's how I feel when white people go like fucking white people. I'm like, all right, man, you don't need to like fucking self-deprecate to hang out. I feel I feel that way when like other races uh, are racist? Are racist be- towards black people trying to fit in with white people? That's mm. how I feel. Oh no, that's deep. That's why, because I, I Cuban I, people and because I see, people yeah, because I see, I seen a couple of videos where it's like there was one. I'm sure you probably saw it, but there was one with a guy. I guess he does like videos or whatever. He's mm-hmm. at the basketball game. He was like dressed up as like Demarcus Cousins. Oh, you see, have you, you see that? I might. Have. And there was like this. I don't know if he was Filipino oh, or something. Yeah, that was some, I, and yeah. he went like. Your dad's in jail or something yeah, yeah, like that. I remember. And yeah, I go, yeah. mm. when I see stuff like that, I go, you're, I feel like you're, you're trying, you're to, trying make to fit them in. Laugh. Yeah, you're trying, you're, trying to, you're trying to fit in with yeah, the group yeah. you're hanging out with. I get that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. People, there are people out here who will self-deprecate or, 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 or like push off the like, yeah, I know I'm like, I have brown skin, but like, yeah. look at that fucking exactly. ra- racist term to him, right? Yeah. Let's all laugh at that guy. So, you, know, you guys accept me, right? You guys like me, and right? shout out to that dude for just like, like joking it off. Yeah. I would have slapped the shit out of that dude. <laughs> I don't care. Game and I, I don't care where I was at. Yeah. Okay. Your dad's uh, in jail. What? Yeah. You don't even know, you don't even know me to yeah. say something crazy like that. No, that's no. Uh, I, You got to scrap I, it out. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So in summation, folks, Martin Luther King, he had a dream. He wanted people to go out and be unified and do, and, 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 and do incredible things to change the world together. Not by tearing down one group of people together to make yourself feel included. There's this, this isn't the dream to like 
have to hide who you are. I, I don't think Martin Luther King's dream was assimilation. It wasn't like, oh, you have, to, you have to act like, you have to denounce who you are and act like us and then make fun of other people who aren't us in order for us to accept you. It's like, no, no, you get to be you. you it's a melting pot. Yeah. It's what America's supposed to be. Everybody gets to be who they are and everybody's accepting of that. And I like to think that that day will come someday. We're definitely not there yet. When just last year, you know, they're cutting kids dreadlocks off for, to, to, to do sporting events and shit like that. You know, people aren't allowed to be their most authentic selves in society. And so we're not there yet. But, you know, what's not going to get us there. Posting a picture of Martin Luther King holding up his uh, his jail sign. It's just not going to do fuck all. It's going to get you some likes. It's going to feel good. People are going to comment fists up. Those people's fists will probably be white emojis. And the world will stay the same. So people's do them in color. People start white and they go go black. That's true. It'll probably be that. Yeah, the, the gradient from yeah. white to beige to black fists. You'll get a lot of that. You'll get a lot of that. And it'll feel good. And your your algorithm will praise you. But we'll be right where we were at the end of Monday. So what I say is like put some action behind that post and go out and make a real difference in the world. That's yeah. that's that's do something. Yeah. He got he got your day off. Yeah, go do something. Exactly, do something. man. You got a day off. Go do something for Martin Luther King. Yeah, go yeah. out there and make a positive change in the world. That's the, that's what you need to do. Don't post until you do that. Make a donation to a cause. Do something. And tell your mom I said it. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francois Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park